Hello and welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie and today I'm joined by Zayas Caravala, founder and principal analyst at ZK, uh, ZK Research. Uh, Zayas, it's great to have you join us. Uh, how are you doing today? Hey, Charlie. Um, uh, as always, I'm always doing pretty well. So we had a good weekend. It's Pi Day today too, so that's exciting. Oh, Pi Day. That sounds very exciting. Um, and of course, we've got an exciting uh, topic to talk about today. And uh, we're going to be focusing on the Gartner Magic Quadrant for conversational AI. And I know you have some quite interesting uh, opinions on this um, report. So I kind of just want to hear about your first kind of impressions of when you see the 2022 version. Yeah, first of all, I, I will say I do think conversational AI is a very important topic. In fact, I think it's the biggest uh, kind of game-changing technology to being, be brought to unified communications in a long time. It helps us, I think, in a world where we are uh, largely still, I think, socially distanced and it's going to will at least be in a hybrid world for a while. It helps us understand people through uh, through digital means, right? So whether it's chatbots or video AI or whatever, uh, it helps us interpret things better. Um, and frankly, I actually think you could use the technology in in-person meetings. There's no reason why you couldn't to help get a better understanding of how of all the uh, the things that happen within conversations and gain the insights. Now, the Gartner MQ, I find, was interesting um, in that it largely focused on chatbots, which to me was a little disappointing from, from, from an industry perspective. Um, in fact, there's a, uh, there's, in, there's a line in it that states, uh, enterprise conversational AI platforms automate multiple chatbot use cases within enterprises creating bots that are orchestrated and operationalized and something like that. But it specifically calls out chatbots. In, in an omni-channel world, to me, that's a very, de very narrow definition. And in some ways, it's the frustration I have with a lot of Gartner Magic Quadrants. I think Gartner's got a lot of good ideas. If you look at their hype cycles, they talk a lot about emerging technologies, but their MQs tend to be focused on a very specific point in time, which is today. So I think while it's used largely for chatbots today, that's not, to me, that's not the future. Hmm. So I think that's very interesting, kind of, you mentioned the point of, you know, where we're heading, um, it's kind of a CX industry with conversational AI and more of an omni-channel um, direction with kind of the evolution of voice bots as well would be a great example. How valuable a resource do you think the Gartner Magic Quadrant is um, for companies looking to kind of evolve their conversational AI proposition? Well, I, I think it's useful in helping you understand the players that are in it, but I, I do think it helps almost perpetuate the silo-like um, mentality that we've had in communications, right? Like, and, and that's, you know, again, if you look at Gartner MQs, they have a separate UCAS MQ and CCAS MQ, even though everybody talks about those two worlds coming together. And so from a buyer's perspective, I could use one tool to help me choose a UCAS vendor. I could use another tool to help me choose a CCAS vendor and yet another you know, MQ to help me choose a conversational AI vendor where it doesn't really help me as a buyer roll those things together and look forward. So I think it's um, the, the MQs to me are a, if you're unfamiliar with the space, it's a good tool to help you become familiar with it. But I don't really think it's representative of where the industry is going. Even when you look at the companies that tend to be on the visionary scale, uh, to me, if you're on the visionary scale, it should map to Gartner's either critical capabilities list and or the hype cycle, right? And so the hype cycle tends to be very forward-looking. Whoops, and Gartner tends to have a lot of technologies, advanced technologies that are in there. 
And so I don't really understand why the vision part of that doesn't map to that. And that's, that's a criticism I had with most MQs for a long time. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a very good point, especially kind of, as you said, you know, CCAS is evolving and UCAS are kind of coming together and it's kind of taking a look at um, certain enterprise softwares and kind of a siloed mindset. And that's not where the industry is perhaps not heading. I think that's uh, lots of very interesting points. So kind of just has me thinking of a con. So maybe perhaps an enterprise wants to kind of um, move forward with its AI. What kind of top tips would you give them to kind of start that process? Yeah, I think the biggest one is is to make a platform decision, and I and I think again communications is going that way, right? You you don't want to choose one vendor for meeting rooms and one vendor, you know, for uh, telephony and another vendor for video, right? You you most companies now they did that during the pandemic to keep people going, but now they're making more of a platform decision who I can offer these, and I think conversational AI is the same way, and so I think we can. You know, there's there's four uh, areas that I've identified. The the first one is chatbots. It's data AI. It's analyzing data that comes through those data conversations and understanding how to interpret them, what they mean. There's also a lot of se some sentiment analysis. There's also things that you can do from a security standpoint and fraud detection, right? So there's there's a, but I but I think data AI is a big part of that. Now, then Gartner's got that covered, and there's a whole bunch of vendors that do that. But then moving on from that, another big area I think is voice AI today, right? There's a lot you can do with voice AI. We have transcription technology. We have uh, translation uh, capabilities. There's lots of vendors in this field today. You know, there's a, a startup called Otter that I, I use all the time to help me just do the simple act of transcribing calls. NVIDIA and Google are large, you know, have been working on this for quite a while. Uh, and so it's an area that's that's exploded today. And most of the vendors, Zoom and WebEx and Avaya, they all tend to have some element of voice AI. I think, and, and, and that's why I wouldn't decouple the two, right? You need them both. I think a real interesting emerging area is the is video AI. So that's the ability to use AI to dissect video, understand who people are, um, and understand, uh, you know, what, even what people are thinking. Um, you can use it in customer service capabilities. Like imagine uh, a, a CCAS, a, a contact center use case where, um, and you don't see a lot of video in contact centers. We've talked about it. Is there use for that? Well, what if I was at home and I wanted to be able to show um, uh, a customer service person my refrigerator and I could hold my phone up and they can direct me, you know, through augmented reality, they could superimpose directions and things like that. So you can do a lot with video AI. And lastly, and this is an emerging area, there's not too many companies doing this right now. Uh, a company, a startup called Unifor, who bought Emotion Research Labs does, they're working on emotion detection. And I think this is a really exciting part of AI. And it's, it's, it's a branch of video AI, but it's also mixed with, uh, with, with, uh, with audio and data as well. But this is the ability to understand um, uh, people's emotions, facial expression, visual cues, Things that you pick up in in-person meetings, tonal shifts in conversations even, that if somebody was going from happy to not happy, right? Um, if your pace changes, if the pitch changes, word choice, contextual sources, things like that. that that's, that's, there's some really exciting stuff here. You can imagine that being used in sales conversations or even in the legal industry or frankly, even in education, right? I, I know uh, remote education, frankly, to me, has been a disaster. Teachers don't really have a good handle on which students are engaged and which ones aren't. What if a system could tell the teacher that, 
you know, this student's engaged and this one isn't. And, you know, this person hasn't had their eyes on the screen for half an hour or whatever. There's lots of exciting things to do there. So when I think from a buyer perspective, I want to look for a platform that has data, voice, video, and emotion all wrapped into one, or at least a vendor's roadmapping towards that. And so to me, that's a really, really exciting area of, uh, there's a lot of innovation coming. Yeah, I think I have so many great points there. I really like kind of the idea of um, using voice bots, not maybe just for kind of self-services companies typically kind of maybe think of them and for routing, but also for kind of many different use cases such as, um, I don't know, identification and verification as well and uh, automating yeah. certain parts of the call process and kind of spotting. Um, yeah, that, it's, it's, a good, it's a good point, Charlie. I, I think we, you know, everyone gets frustrated with IVRs. Everyone gets frustrated with having to type in a, 16 digit account number or your social or whatever. And uh, if I can do it just through simple voice authentication, that is so much easier. And frankly, it's a lot more secure because that's a lot harder, um, you know, to, uh, to, to, to steal or spoof than, than just simply a, a username or password. Also, it makes the IVR a little more intelligent. If you've got a, say you're an airline and you've got a frequent flyer that sounds irritated, you know, maybe move them up in the queue and one that perhaps it sounds like they have a little more time in their hands, right? And it's a little more calm. So I think being able to understand, you know, tone and emotion and inflection and things like that can help us, you know, really take customer service to the next level. And so, you know, it's been well documented that customer service is the number one brand differentiator. You know, the people tend to drop brands after one bad experience. So customers are always looking for that edge. And this is a being able to use AI to help understand what customer thinking is customers are thinking is a big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think you also made lots of really good points about kind of the use of video as well. And I mean, the the idea of kind of a customer just showing like the fridge, as you say, or maybe if your car's broken down, showing a agent what's wrong and helping them fix yeah. it there. And then, I mean, the potential that sort of thing has. And I loved your idea of superimposing instructions over and then also monitoring sentiment. I know customer emotion is another big topic within the CX world right now. I think there's so many great points, but I think that's a really... Uh, great place to end to, uh, today's chat. Um, thank you so much, uh, Zayas. I've learned a lot. So uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Charlie. And I'll uh, see you next time, I guess. Excellent. And thanks, everyone, for watching CX TV.